Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. And you're watching Tannin' Fire Podcast, brother. No other rock and roll. If you ain't watching, you ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! The Cannon Fire Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Cool Towel. The Cool Towel is an all-natural, instant cooling towel. No water, no refrigeration, no prep of any kind needed before use. Just take them out of the resealable pouch, shake it up, and it's good to go. It's that simple. When you're finished, put them back in the resealable pouch for use later on. You can find them online at CoolTowel.com, the official sponsor of CFP. We need one, one day, one win, one family, one day, one win, one family, one time. We got one time to do this. We got one time. Let's go. It's time to go to work. One time on two. One, two, three, four, five. Seconds left, ready to go. The snap, Winston looking, looking, looking. Fade route, far sideline. It is on ball. And touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Chris Godwin. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Bucks lead. Fire them cannons. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast back for you. It is Saturday, July 28th, here for episode 29. Going to be live streaming on YouTube and available on iTunes later today. Now, some interesting developments since last time we did the show. Some exciting new developments. I had brought up YouTube and I had brought up iTunes Podcast pretty soon. Here, within the next couple of days, we should be set to go on Google Play Podcast which means all of our Android listeners can be more accessible than ever when it comes to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Very, very exciting things happening. But let's get down and dirty here for episode 29. Training camp started this past week, and we are here to tell you everything you need to know. The ups, the downs, and everything that we are excited to tell you about. But welcome back to the show. I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. Evan? It's that week, man. Training camp has started. We're three days in. How you doing? Doing pretty good, man. I've been busy the past few days and just going to get busier here uh, coming up. Yeah, you're definitely going to see a lot of things coming off of the press, especially with our buddies over at Pewter Report. But it's a very busy time of year, and we are just getting back into football, something we stressed in the last episode. We can't stress it enough here, guys. It is time to get excited about Buccaneers football. Training camp is back this week. The rookies reported to camp on July 23rd. The veterans reported two days later on July 25th. And we got a lot of things to tell you about on both sides of the ball for training camp. But so far, these first three days, we've seen a lot of things that we need to get excited about. And and we're going to break them down for you right here. But, I, I mean, Evan, if you, you want to throw some of the things out there that we're going to discuss, you know, there's a there's a lot to be excited for. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to to get excited. I mean, when I mean, no matter how bad or good or bad your team is going to be, you're always excited when football comes comes back around. Because you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're we're Buccaneers fans slash media, but we're we're also you know just football fans in general. You know, I mean, you know, this team is going to be better. So I mean, that's a little bit of a room for excitement. And then you have of course, uh, you know, Vita Vea, Ronald Jones, finally, a, you know, uh, fresh blood at running back. And, you know, he's a speedster. He's something that they really haven't seen much of in recent years uh, at running back position. And you got the returning guys. Yeah, um, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, Cameron Brake, Mike Evans, Sean Jackson, Adam Humphreys. They're all back. Plus, you know, a revamped defensive line, which is going to, you know, really get the fans fans excited. So I think that there is reasons to be excited, but there's also reasons to be cautious. I mean, you know, you can't buy into the hype train immediately like a lot of people did last year with this team because I think that's how you get in some trouble. I think this team's better off 
just um, not buying into any hype. I mean, there's not much hype or the national hype around the team anyway. But I think they're much better. Just you know, let do do their work, do what you need to do to to get ready for the season. And you know, it's an important season for a lot of people. So um, you know, Fitzpatrick's gonna be starting week one. He's been taking the first team team reps. Jameis is obviously going to likely be starting week four, even though Cutter really left that open, but I think we all know that you know, Jameis Winston is going to be a starter when he comes back. Um, and I but wanted I mean... To, I wanted to piggyback... Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. good. I wanted to piggyback off of what you had said. You said not to buy into the hype just yet, and I wanted to make it clear that it's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to, to mislead anyone and, and get anyone to jump on the hype train. I don't want to disappoint anyone. But the point that you know I'm trying to make is it's just a very exciting time of year. Things are getting up and going. And as you had mentioned, we are all football fans. And just to have football back, we've got an NFL game, an official NFL game, I believe less than two weeks away. When, when is it's the Hall of Thursday. Fame game? It is uh, Thursday. Well the, the, well, the Hall of Fame game is this weekend, actually. Well, not not this weekend. Next but, weekend. Uh, actually, yeah, next weekend. Next weekend, and then we got uh, about probably a week and a half until the Buccaneers play. So um, the Buccaneers play the Dolphins on Thursday, August 9th in Miami for their first preseason game. So going to be heading down, I, I believe, at 7 o'clock start. So, uh, the, yeah, they're going to be heading down to Miami, and then they go to Tennessee for a few days earlier before they play at Titans because they have joint practices with the Titans. So it's going to be something interesting to watch. Um, yeah, and then, you know, next thing we know, it's going to be going to be almost early September, and the season's almost going to be ready to start. So it's going to fly by. Exactly. And speaking of training camp, if you guys had not heard from any of the prior episodes, our very own Evan here, Mr. Bucks Football, is going to have exclusive media access to a couple of days of training camp. So we're going to get some exciting content out of him. And if you want to see more about it, check him out on Instagram at Bucks Football, the number one Buccaneers fan page on the gram. Now, a lot of the things we're going to be talking about today as well were brought to you by MostlyPewterReport.com, our partners over there. Go check them out. Great things going on with Scott Reynolds, Mark Cook, Trevor Sycama, and plenty more. So go check them out if you haven't already for all your Bucks news. But let's break this puppy open. Let's talk about the ups and downs from chaining camp this past week. And one of the first things that I wanted to address, one of the first things I don't think we could really get past, because I know it's been on my mind, it's been on a lot of other people's minds, and we do have an update. Uh, the update we have is is looking better, um, and I think we're finally getting past this, but this is the Jameis Winston situation. And if you guys are active around the Bucks marketing campaigns at all, or even if you just follow them on social media... You've probably noticed a, a shortage of the Buccaneers franchise quarterback. And I, I believe on Instagram, before yesterday, or before today, it had been a little over a month since there was really any mention of uh, of Jameis on Bucks social media and, and Bucks marketing and things like that. So it caused a little bit of worry. But as I did mention, there has been an update. They did post about him today, and I know that's not a huge deal, but it's something to, I guess, a, a sigh of relief uh, if you were thinking about Jameis Winston and the Bucks organization. I know they issued a statement about how they have been disappointed in him with everything going on, and you look back at what Jameis has said in responding to the media, Jameis has honestly been saying all of the right things. And so I think we're finally... Getting past that point, uh, Jameis basically said, it isn't about me, it's about this team. I think everybody saw that, and I think we're moving forward and starting to get there and focus on the season. So that's really all I wanted to say about the whole Jameis Winston thing for anyone who was still interested. I think we're, I think we're getting past it, so I think, I think all is good over there. Uh, what are you thinking, Evan? Uh, yeah, that's not, I mean, that was never really a big deal, uh, to me at least. Because, I mean, any good marketing company or whether it's a marketing firm, whether it's a PR department, you know, they're they're not going to – they're smart enough. They know that, yes, while there are some people that are still supporting Winston, they know that right now a lot of fan base is, is sour on Winston. So 
I mean, were they really going to put him on the the boards at Raymond James Stadium and in the videos? I, I don't think so. I think it was a smart move. I mean, obviously, we don't. But uh, Bucks football, the the page that I run, we don't have a, a PR thing, but we haven't really posted about Jameis because it's not really, you know, the only post that Jameis Winston has been in. Uh, he's been in the videos that we've been posting. And he's been in the Madden ratings. That's it. So, so, I mean, we haven't been really promoting him. And, you know, partially because just a lot of fans don't want to hear it right now. You know, a lot of fans want to wait and just let it all play out. And that's, you know, that's what the Bucks are trying to do as well. So, I mean, the the future of Winston with the Bucks is going to be determined you know, on the field. Um, unless he has another all-field incident, but... Which is, is right now at the moment isn't really foreseen. Like nobody's like predicting that. Um, so I think yeah, it's going to be largely determined on how good James Winston will be in a Buccaneers uniform on Sundays. Not not what he does, uh, you know, in the off season, which uh, hasn't been a problem in the past, you know, year and a half or so. Um, you know, the incident did still happen almost three years ago, so. Hopefully, the Bucks are hoping that that he has matured, and uh, a lot of Bucks fans are hoping that as well. So, we'll see. But yeah, Winston was never that. That wasn't a sign that they were moving on from that. That was oh, just, oh was of fun. course, of course. No, I know what you mean entirely. Now, moving on from Jameis Winston, let's get to the reason that everybody is here, and that is training camp. And let's focus a little bit more on the quarterback position, and in particular, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has already gotten first team reps, and from what I've seen, has looked pretty good. Ryan Fitzpatrick has come out. I know he had a couple of shaky passes, I want to say today or yesterday. Uh, One of them, one or two of them could have been a pick. But overall, he's been doing pretty good, especially with first-team reps. And something that I've really started to notice and and really pay attention to and, and something that honestly caught me off guard is it seems like Ryan Fitzpatrick and wide receiver Deshaun Jackson are, are kind of making a good connection. I think these guys are building a little bit of chemistry, and that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, I mean, based on what we've seen the past few days, Fitz has had uh, you know some pretty good days. I would say this is probably his worst day, but, I mean, if this is your worst day, you, you're, you're doing pretty good right you're now. You're having a uh, good week. Because, yeah, I mean, because this is, this is his worst day, and it wasn't that bad. Uh, you know, this was, this was purely today – uh, Saturday, as we were speaking, if you guys aren't listening to this on Saturday, uh, it was Mike Evans' day. I mean, no matter who was throwing in the ball, um, even, you know, Jameis Winston had a pretty good day today, too. He had, Jameis Winston had his best day at camp today. Uh, you know, and James Winston was getting more work with the first team, and uh, he got, he was spreading the ball around a lot. He threw it to Mike Evans a few times, threw it to O.J. Howard a few times, threw it to Deshaun Jackson, threw it to Cameron Bray. And then, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick hooked up with Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans a few times and then hit Chris Godwin on a deep ball. And, you know, everybody, a lot of people saw uh, from my page or from PeterReport.com, the bomb that fits through to Deshaun Jackson on Friday, that was, you know, just pure. I mean, the only thing that, that worries me with Fitz is it doesn't seem like Fitz has the arm that Winston has. And I feel like, Pitts is sometimes going to underthrow him, Jackson that is. But I mean, I'm okay with that at times. So I mean, they tried to connect on earlier in the practice yesterday, and it didn't work because Fitz Fitz underthrew him, and then Fitz got was able to get enough, and Deshaun Jackson made a made a good play. So keep I mean, it, yeah, if Fitz can keep this up, I mean, you know, the, the chemistry is huge. I mean, that that that's huge. And he knows the system, so uh, they didn't really connect much last year when Fitz was in. So it's going to be interesting to see how Deshaun Jackson and and Fitzpatrick keep working on that in training camp and then when the preseason begins. Now, keep in mind, too, we didn't see a lot out of Fitz and DJX last year, and you had brought up um, Fitz doesn't really have the arm to get Deshaun Jackson on those long bombs, which can be his specialty. But we do know that Deshaun Jackson is the type of guy – you can throw him a short slant route, and he'll take it and run with it. He had a couple of plays against the New England Patriots last year. One of them, I remember, was pretty close to, to being broken for, I, I think, a 50-plus yarder. 
Um, it was a 50 plus yarder. It was it was pretty close to being a touchdown. Yeah, uh, he had one I, man to beat, and he got yep. him right by the ankle. Yeah, but yep, I remember that. It was it was uh, late in the game versus New England, and I remember there were, they needed a spark, and they got it that time. So they need more of that this year, though. Exactly, but Sean Jackson has always been a player that we've seen come up very very big in those situations. Now, you know Fitz and Djax. To get them having a little bit more of a connection this year, obviously, is going to make anyone feel good. Um, let me get Evan back on the horn here. We lost him for a couple of seconds. All right, you Hello? back, bud? Yeah, I'm back. I don't know what that was. No, no, I don't know I either. Going, We're... I was going on Twitter, and I exited out of Twitter, and something came up and said, Skype call ended, so I was like, Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's what happens when you go live ladies and gentlemen but we're back we're still live evan is here good with us and we were just talking about ryan fitzpatrick uh deshaun jackson and you know something good to take away from this week of training camp or the first week of training camp two regarding djax is the guy looks as good as ever he's still djax he, i'm very very excited to see him returning some punts this year too which is something else that we wanted to touch on Deshaun Jackson, Bernard Reedy, and Adam Humphreys are pretty much who we have seen on the special teams punt return. Uh, we've seen Djax do some pretty cool things for other teams as a punt returner. Do you think we got a chance to see it this year? Or do you think it's going to be one of those things they tease and it never really happens? Because I feel like last year Deshaun Jackson was pretty much the definition of things that are teased to be better than they are and then never really coming through. I well, think if I mean, they give him a position yeah. to return punts, we could be in store for some for some fun stuff. I mean, that's the the way you you said that Deshaun Jackson last year was was a teased. I mean that that's pretty well worded. Um, I don't know whether they're going to or not, but I I really think it depends on the situation. Uh, I think they know Deshaun Jackson can return punts, and I think that if if they feel like they need Deshaun Jackson to go out there and return punts, they're going to. Um, so, but I also thought that last year and that never came to fruition. So, but you also remember last year, Deshaun Jackson never really, never really practiced punt returns. I think we were all just kind of hoping that if the situation arose, that they they just throw him in there. Yeah. But he was never really practicing punt returns last year. This year he is, uh, another guy who was practicing Deshaun didn't practice. He didn't practice returns at all today. But uh, another guy who did was uh, Sean Wilson, running back, I believe, out of Duke. And he's an undrafted free agent, and he's a guy I really watch. Uh, I'm going to say it right now. He's, I think Cutter's high on him uh, from what I hear. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's quick. He's, he's got good hands. He's, I think he's a, he's a better version of Charles Sims. And I think that if, if Wilson – I mean, Sims is on a one-year deal, and it's for little to nothing – so if Wilson ends up having a good preseason, I could see them rolling with Wilson as their fourth running back. Uh, you know, to have so you'd have Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber, Jaquiz Rogers, and Sean Wilson, and then cutting Charles Sims if he has a good uh, if he has a good uh, camp and preseason. But yeah, they were giving him some some shots at special teams today. He seems to be doing well. Like I said, Cutter Cutter likes him. So I think he's gonna Cutter's gonna give him every opportunity. So it's just gonna be a wait and see thing with him. But you know, back to Deshaun Jackson. When you say he looked, you know, better than ever, I mean yeah. about better than ever. The guy's yeah, thirty one. Well, I, I don't think he's slowing down. I to me he's shown he's shown no signs of, of slowing down. Uh, I mean not at not at all last year. I mean, what you got with Deshaun Jackson is what you got. You know, you, you got a guy that's Every time he gets the ball in his hands, something big could happen or something horrible could happen because guys <laughs> like that, the, the risk the risk with guys like that is they think they can do too much than they actually can. And they'll cut back and cut back and cut back, and all, all of a sudden you lost 10 yards. Could get him in trouble. Um, yeah, so I, sometimes you know Jackson can think he can outrun this guy when the dude has angles on him and maybe he doesn't see somebody coming from behind. So that's... That's where you can get in trouble. But, I mean, if you're the Buccaneers, why not put Deshaun Jackson out on punt returns? What is it going to hurt? He's likely not going to be here next year. He's owed $11 million next year. And it, none of it's guaranteed. 
if the Bucks cut him, they save $11 million. And they could use that money towards re-signing James Winston, Quan Alexander, Ali Marpet, Donovan Smith, plus signing some other free agents that could help. Yeah. I, I'm, this is likely to Sean Jackson's last year, so why not get the most out of him this year? Milk him. Exactly. <laughs> Milk exactly. him for all he's worth. Now, putting him at punt return, it's something that I'm really hoping that they do um, all throughout preseason. I know last year I was calling for Deshaun Jackson on a screen. And I remember no, the end saw... I thought it was the end around. The end around. That's exactly what it was. You caught me there. It was Deshaun Jackson on the end around. I remember we saw it one time in the preseason, and I think we were playing the Bengals. Oh, it was versus the Jags. I remember was that. Was it the Jags? Because I remember yeah, yeah, getting it, excited it, about it, and I said, oh, this is going to be great. It was the second preseason game versus the Jaguars. I remember the Bucks came out, and they just dominated the Jaguars that game. Okay. Uh, and I remember I remember we all thought, you know, coming out of that game, we all thought, wow, the Jaguars are going to be in for a rough year. Well, turns out that was that was the other way around. But well, they uh, made yeah, it the AFC saw, Championship game. And then you, you saw the – and they nearly beat the Patriots. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you saw – the end around once in a regular season. Now, I got a little trivia for you. What game was it in? It was the Deshaun Jackson end around. Now, what game was it in? Because I know. I just want to see if you know. I want to say... I mean, you got me good on this one because I wasn't expecting the question. I remember it in the season, and I remember getting excited about it. But was it the Bills game? Nope. It was versus the Detroit Lions. Uh, if you want, if, if, if go back on when, when you when you get a chance, look at the highlights, and they they do an end around to Sean Jackson, and it goes for about fifteen twenty yards or so. He gets he picks up some pretty good speed. So yeah, but I don't know why you, they don't do that more. Um, and you brought up screen pass as as your mistake for what you thought was end around. They should do more screen passes with Deshaun Jackson. I mean, you're you're paying this guy for be to be explosive. You know, give him room to be explosive. Yeah, I mean, and they just think, I guess, Cutter thinks all that guy does is is run straight up the field or do, do a post route. It, he can do so much more. I mean, end around, bubble screen, just a simple wide receiver screen, slant, out. I mean, if you hit him on a quick out, I see him do it in Philly. You hit him on a quick out, he breaks a tackle, he's gone. It, I mean, there's just there's so much more that they could be doing with him and they're not, and I think that they're going to experiment more with that, and I think it's going to start in preseason. Yeah, and something else I'm excited to see in preseason, too. I brought it up. Um, it, it seems like when it comes to punt returns in general, we always have big plays in the preseason. I remember last year it was the mm-hmm. Adam Humphreys one, and I think the year before, uh, I know we had a punt return touchdown. I just, I, I was it Hump both years? I don't think they had one last year, but I, I they, they had one the year before. I know that, and it was Humphreys. I, I remember the Hump one because the, that play was pretty awesome because I remember watching that game. And I, Those versus the Browns, right? Yeah. I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was against the Browns in Tampa. Um, yeah. But D-Jax, returning punts, hopefully it's something we see a little bit more of this coming season. I'm really excited for it, and you guys should be too. I don't think we have any more notes on the offense here. Jameis has really gotten a chance to come in and play first, second, and third team. He's looked good as well. And something else we should note, that Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, that whole thing, there. Don't even worry about it. The magic is still there. Mike Evans, as you had brought up, Mike Evans was the man of the day. Uh, I believe, was was it today or yesterday? I'm getting the two second it, days mixed up. It was today, yeah. Today, it, it didn't matter who was throwing him the ball. It, it could have been, I could have been throwing him the ball and he would have caught it. Um, that's so, pretty cool to see, yeah. man. That's that's I mean, pretty good news. Winston was was off on, on Thursday. Like He was just not himself, and I, the Pewter Report guys brought up a pretty good point. You know, he was probably thinking because he knew he had that press conference. Like, you know, I mean, he, he knew that he had that press conference right after, and he probably wasn't looking forward to that because he knew that that was his first ever press conference since the suspension came out. Yeah. So he knew what the questions were going to be, so they said maybe that's in his head a bit. And they also said, Winston, the last time Jameis Winston was a second-string quarterback, a second, a backup quarterback was his freshman year at Florida State. And Mark Cook, who is a Florida State alumni, 
said or uh, yeah, yeah, I'm well, oh, poor guy. Wow. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Nation, how, yeah, how baby. Many, oh, how many? Okay. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. Um. Anyways. <laughs> um. He said that Jameis Winston. That's when he was a you know just a freshman, and he was a second string quarterback. And he said that EJ Manuel was a Florida State quarterback. And they had just lost to Mike Glennon and NC State. And Jameis Winston walked into Jimbo Fisher's office and said, put me in and you will not lose a game for the rest of the season. About a year and a half later, they end up winning a national championship. So mm-hmm. that's the last time that Jameis Winston was a second-string quarterback. He's not used to this. So a lot of people said that he looked uncomfortable. But today, I mean, he, I think he's used to it now. He was able to get some reps with the second team third team, which I don't know why you're doing it with the third team. It doesn't make much sense. I mean, half of those guys aren't going to be on the roster. Get some connections with the younger guys. Get yeah, them some experience. Get some looks how, from guys you haven't seen too much of. But you got to think of his development. He's not done developing. How is he supposed to get better by throwing to guys that are much worse than him? Well, when did they I, throw him on third team? Was it at the end of the day after he had gotten most of his reps? I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know the time limit. I mean, I know they did seven on seven and eleven on eleven. I think seven on seven today. I think with which Winston was with first team and he went four for four uh, on his passes. He completed all four of his passes. But I don't know. But you know, back to the Mike Evans thing. Yeah, he was just a beast today. I mean, there was there was no yeah. Grimes wasn't stopping him. There was, there was no corner that was stopping him. Uh, and- Bernard Hargrave didn't practice today. Still, he got a cut on his leg. Kind of what. what Kind of like what Brent Grimes got last year that made him miss the Cincinnati game. Yeah, what's going on with um, that? What? Just players and freak accidents every year. I had oh, seen yeah, uh, they've yeah, got one clear, corner clear. for the Chargers. He's out for the whole season because of a yep. of an injury he got during the conditioning test. J- Jason Verrett, yeah, it sucks for the Chargers. They have a lot of they have a lot of like like the worst injury luck. Like, yeah, I mean, I've ne- I've never seen a team just a super talented team get dismantled by injuries. I mean, Jason Verrett's played in the past three seasons. He's played in like seven games. That's a shame too, like, because he is—he is a really promising corner. He's a good-looking he's a good defensive player. back. Good player, yeah. I mean, he's young. He's like twenty-six, I believe, or something like that. Twenty-five, something, something like that. So, I mean, he's still pretty young, and he—he's you know, one of their best corners. But I mean, the Chargers are still so deep. Like you know, I—I yeah. I mean, I know this is a this is a people are going to be yelling, you know, because this is a Bucks podcast. Um, but you, you think, know, I think San Chargers Diego be... has one of the better defenses. Ah, uh, is it San Diego, Rhett? Mm. Mm. Lost me. Mm. It, it messes me up every time, man, because I'm pretty sure I <laughs> yeah, said San I Diego say... a little earlier. Yeah. Um, I mean... L.A. I, don't, I still don't understand that. But I think if any team uh, needs to be in L.A., it's the Raiders, but we'll talk about that at another time. Mm, the John Gruden Raiders, hmm? Um, I mean, they, they had one heck of an offseason, huh? I mean, John Gruden's not even talking to Khalil Mack. That's a good way to treat your star player. I'd seen um, that. Uh, I'd seen that. <laughs> anyways, um, I think the Chargers are going to have a good football team. But back to Mike Evans. Finally, to wrap up the Mike Evans situation, we've been rambling on about Frank Ryan, Vern <laughs> Harvard, freak accidents, the San Diego Chargers. John There's Gruden. a lot to talk about. I just said San Diego Chargers again too. Exactly. Wow. Okay. You see what I mean? It gets you too, man. There's there's no getting away from it. It's a it's a natural it's a natural thing. It's something I grew up knowing that was just changed on me a year ago and I still haven't or two years ago. I still haven't fully taken it all in. But see, I'm I'm but I'm not saying the St. Louis Rams. Like I'm saying the Los Angeles Rams. Like I'm saying that fine. I don't know what it is with the Chargers. <sighs> I I don't know, man. I don't but know. But anyways, Mike Evans beast that that that's all you need to know i mean his his chemistry with james winston is some of the best in the league and i mean ryan fitzpatrick did pretty well with him too today obviously the chemistry between fitzpatrick and evans isn't as good as it is with winston but i mean i mean fitzpatrick played some very limited with with evans uh but if you recall i mean in the arizona game evans caught a touchdown from him had another long ball from him and then Fitzpatrick's first start versus the Jets, Mike Evans was suspended for pushing Marshawn Lattimore. So Mike Evans wasn't in that game. Then he came back and 
he did okay versus Miami, he did okay versus Atlanta. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to keep working on it. I mean, I can only think the chemistry between those two is going to get better, but I, I don't know how much better. You know, Cameron Bray and Mike Evans are the two receivers. I think Jameis Winston, just he knows where they're going to be at all times, especially Cameron Bray in the red zone. So, oh, yeah. I mean, that that's money. I mean, that, that is money. So, yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on it. But, uh, yeah, Fitz had a good day today. Jameis had a good day today. Fitz has had a good three days. Jameis has been eh for three days. All right. So things are looking mostly good out of the offensive side of the ball. Let's flip the script here to the defensive side of the ball. We're going to break down your first and second team defense. We're going to talk about some things going on there. And a little bit later, we've actually got a pretty unexpected breakout star uh, here in practice the past few days. Really someone who stuck out. These past few days of training camp, we'll get to that in just a little bit. But let's break down your first team defense. Now, this isn't – we've seen different this, looks throughout camp. This isn't your this official is starting day, lineup. Day of, yep, day one of camp. So, I mean, yeah. a lot of yeah. people came to me, why is this guy in there ahead of this guy? Why is this guy? Relax. It's day one. But let's break this down here. We're going to do first team first, and then we'll go to second team after that. And these are both pretty strong looks. But here we go. First team defensive line. At the end, you've got Vinny Curry, Gerald McCoy, Bo Allen, and at the other end is JPP. Your linebacker core, you got Levante David and Adarius Taylor playing the outside, and in the middle is Quan Alexander. Your two cornerbacks are Brent Grimes and Vernon Hargraves III. Your free safety is Justin Evans. Your strong safety is Chris Conti. Uh, I mean, the only thing that sticks out to me on this first team is Adarius Taylor. Because to have him practice first team and to really get that look, I was fully expecting, I guess, not a Darius Taylor. But I don't know. What do you think about this first team, D? I mean, I've got a lot of things of why Chris Conti's in there. I've got a lot of things of why Bo Allen is in there and Vita Vey is not. I mean, I've gotten everybody calling Vita Vey a, a, you know, not everybody, but some people call Vita Vey a, a bust already because he can't even make the first team. That's why I'm saying it's day one. Luckily, the Bucks actually have a, you know, a plethora of, of D linemen, so they don't need to rush. There, there's no need to rush Vita Vey. It's just like with Chris Godwin last year. There's no need to rush. There was no need to rush Chris Godwin. Okay, it started out, Mike Evans was number one wide receiver. Deshaun Jackson was number two. Adam Humphreys was number three. Godwin was number four. Godwin eventually got his shot and did pretty well. So just, just relax. Um, but other, I mean, other than that, you know, it looks all right. Uh, Darius Taylor is in there, who is, uh, if fans don't know, used to be a Darius Glam. Yeah, he but changed his name. Last night, um, to honor, I believe, his father. And... He's in there because Kendall Beckwith's hurt, uh, uh, and Kendall Beckwith's going to be out for the, probably another two weeks or so, I would guess, is what I heard. Um, so, I mean, once Beckwith comes back, he'll probably get that starting spot. Uh, but there's, there, you know, Vernon Hargraves is in there. Like I said, though, he got hurt. Somebody else stepped in for him today. We'll, uh, we'll talk about yeah, that. we'll talk later. about that in a little bit. Played pretty well. Um you know, I haven't heard much from Carlton Davis, but you know, you've 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 seen his physicality uh, on, on display. So, I mean, the number one corner spot isn't you know a concern. Frank Grimes, you know, he's still still a freak of nature at 35 years old or whatever he is. Um, and you know, Chris Conti being in there, I, there's not much I can say other than <laughs> I mean, I think I mean, you know, we not we're you know we need to cut him we, now is is what's we, going we, on. You know, Oh, apparently, uh, according to most Bucks fans, um, or Bucks fans that just don't watch film, uh, you know, we both of us don't think Chris Conti is as bad as advertised. I mean, he's not good, but he's he not, doesn't need to be cut. No, he doesn't. I mean, you know, he's a little late sometimes. But if you guys watched really any of his film last year, and you really focused in on Chris Conti and where he's at on the field. He can move from one side to the other fairly quickly. And a lot of times last year, a lot of times last year, I saw him getting to the play before anyone else in that backfield did. And I saw him finishing plays. Now, most of the time it was because our defense couldn't stop a cold and he was the only man to stop the play. But regardless, he's still a guy that I think 
after I just, yeah. how many years in this league? I think this is his ninth year. No, I, I think maybe like seventh or so. I don't think he's been in there that long. I think he's like 28 or 29 right now. So Okay. But regardless, it's really not super out of the question to see him in that starting spot, uh, especially on first team D. Yeah, I mean, I don't – he hustles hard. I mean, that's that's what I like in a player. I mean, you know, you always see him. I remember the, the Minnesota game. Keith Tandy missed Stephon Diggs, and Stephon Diggs was almost like showboating. There was nobody around Stephon Diggs, and he was showboating going to the end zone. And Chris Conti is just sprinting as fast as he could right after. I mean, there was no hope. It was going to be a touchdown. You know, but Chris Conti may, you know, thought if I could stop him at the one, maybe we get a stop, maybe get a turnover or something. And he absolutely hustled down there. And it was eventually it was too late because Diggs was just too far. But Diggs was showboating and kind of like putting the ball up in the air. And they realized how close Conti actually was. I'm going to have to send you the clip if you don't know what I'm talking about. And I, I'll, I will send you it later. But okay. yeah, it was, I, I just, that's one of my favorite play. I mean, it's one of my favorite plays of a low light i guess you could say so i mean yeah there's no i mean keith tandy i like keith tandy a lot but for some reason this coaching staff doesn't so hopefully you know they know more than we do so hopefully you just gotta trust them well speaking of keith tandy let's break down this second team defense for you really quick and then we'll jump into our defensive notes for the first few days of training camp now here we go, second team defensive line starting at the end is going to be Will Golston, Vita Vea in the middle, Mitch Unrein, and Will Clark finishing up that other side. Now for the people who don't know who Will Clark is, um, you can pretty much identify him by his dreads. He's a pretty big, mean-looking dude, but he's not someone you don't want to pay attention to. I, I really saw him show up when we played the Jets last year. Uh, Will Clark, second team guy, but... He's not a bad DN. I mean, he's really not. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the only concern is he might not be able to make it just because of how deep this team is now. I mean, it's yeah. amazing what Jason Light. I mean, I still can't believe the Glazers haven't given him a five-year extension. I mean, I know they haven't been to the playoffs, but the the vibe around the league, from what I hear, is that the problem with the Bucks is coaching. The problem is not the front office. The front office has done a good job. The front office's job is to make this team look good on paper, and the coaching staff's job is to utilize the team correctly, and the coaching staff isn't doing it. And, I mean, on paper, this defensive line is probably a top 15, maybe top 10 defensive line in football. Yeah, we got to see how they play come the season, but it's a very exciting look, and something you don't see out of a whole lot of defensive line units is that, that um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yep. The, the disposable, not disposable, because you like the guys, but it's a very rotational look, and you've got a lot of talent on both of your first and second team defensive lines. You know, this is something pretty cool, and, and back to the front office. The front office this past couple of years not only has done a good job of scouting talent, they believe in what they scout, but they've done a really good job of, of knocking the fans on their ass because the past two drafts, the first-round pick... Everybody was like, whoa, for a couple of minutes. You know, I remember when we picked O.J. Howard, it was Dalvin Cook. And then I remember when we picked up Vita it was, um, I don't know, James. James. You know, it's, it's. <laughs> and also, I mean, those are two situations where, okay, Vita, if, for those of you who don't know, Vita Vea was number four on the Buccaneers board. Derwin James was number five. So that, that's that's what I heard from a few people, that Vita Vey was four, Derwin James was five. And the Bucks were, they did take a risk because they thought there were some teams that could have taken Vea uh, right before him, especially Miami at 11, they thought could have taken him. And if, if they would have taken him, the Bucks would have selected Derwin James. Uh, I know a lot of uh, FSU fans are probably punching the computer or, or phone right now, but... <laughs> I mean, they're going to be they're going to be punching the phone even more now because this next one I'm going to tell you. I mean, this actually came out from a few outlets. Uh, I'm not sure if I've already told this, but when the 19th pick rolled around, well, actually not when the 19th pick, but around 15 or so of the draft in 2017, the Buccaneers when the Buccaneers selected O.J. Howard, 
they selected O.J. Howard because they did not. I mean, O.J. Howard was a top 10 player on their board, and they did not expect O.J. Howard to be there at all. And they were, apparently there was everybody in one Buccaneer place was in agreement to draft Alvin Cook at 19. But O.J. Howard was there, and they didn't expect him to be there at all. They had O.J. rated higher than Cook, so they ended up picking Howard. And that basically, that basically almost gives away that the Bucks actually did, which I've, I've reported and a few other outlets have reported, that the Bucks did try to trade up in the second round for Dalvin Cook that next night, but just couldn't do it. The price was too high. So, I mean, I know it breaks a lot of FSU fans' hearts that you could have had yeah, you could have had Dalvin Cook, Derwin James, James Winston, Bobo Wilson, Roberto Aguayo, like uh, on on the same team, but you know it it's just reality. And I mean, it's worked out good for the Bucks so far. I mean, Dalvin Cook's a really good player, and trust me, I mean they could have used him this year, even though you know he tore his ACL. I mean that you know he's a he's a gonna be a star back, you know. But Ronald Jones hopefully can be good, and I mean OJ Howard is star potential, so it's not it's not like the worst deal in the world here. Oh, exactly. And back to the second team defense, we pretty much went over the defensive line here. A lot of talent there. Let's wrap this up. Outside linebackers for your second team defense is going to be Cam Lynch and Devontae Bond on the other side with Riley Below, Joe Dirt making his way up to the there middle position. Go. Middle linebacker is Riley Below. We saw some good looks from him last year, and that's another guy that you can compare him to Chris Conti, not in the way that everybody hates him, but he's a guy who hustles. He's a guy who takes it very seriously, and it's Something pretty cool to see, and, and you can see it paying off. He is the middle linebacker on that second team D. Now, your two cornerbacks are going to be Ryan Smith and Carlton Davis, who, as you mentioned earlier, we haven't seen a whole lot out of this training camp. And your free safety is going to be Jordan Whitehead and strong safety Keith Tandy. Last but not least, Keith Tandy. Pretty much talked about Keith Tandy and that whole situation. That is your first and second team defense. Now, let's talk about... That guy we had mentioned earlier, that guy that stuck out and is is probably, I wouldn't say flown under the radar, but caught a lot of people off guard this training camp. And that is still on the first or second team defense, by the way. And that is rookie MJ Stewart. Now, Vernon Hargraves III uh, had that cut on his leg, so he did sit out of practice today. But meanwhile, rookie MJ Stewart stepped into the nickel position we got some really good looks from him. One pick, one play that would have been a sack, and overall he looked really, really good in coverage. And let me point out that that interception was thrown by Jameis Winston. So let's take that for what it is. MJ Stewart, really good looks, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not 100% sure now that I think about it if that was him picking it off. But, I mean, regardless, he had a, he had a few nice pass breakups yesterday, and then he picked up where he left off. Uh, for sure. It's just like you said. I mean, if, if this wasn't a practice, Ryan Fitzpatrick would have got sacked on that nickel blitz. Uh, I mean, yeah, MJ Stewart would have ended up sacking him, maybe even stripping the ball from him. Who knows, you know? Um, so, yeah, but MJ Stewart's impressed. D- Dirk said, uh, Cutter said that uh, Hargrave is going to be out a few more days. So, it's another opportunity for Stewart to, to come in and um, coming in and impress some more. I mean, the Bucks have practice on Sunday to tomorrow, and then they're off on Monday. And I think they got, like, meetings and stuff on Monday. And I think they're back practicing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I believe. Um, and then and I believe they get a few days off, and then they go to Miami. So, I mean, I would expect Vernon Hargrave to maybe miss another two or three practices, considering, I mean – Frank Grimes didn't play in Cincinnati last year, and then he ended up not really having much of a preseason. So, I mean, I would expect Vernon Har- It doesn't sound like that one's as this situation is as serious as the Grimes one. It didn't seem like it was a worse situation. But I still expect Vernon to be out uh, two, to, two to three practices. So, I mean, there's a chance for MJ Stewart, but also a chance for Carlton Davis, also a chance for Ryan Smith. Uh, you know, they're, they're, David Rivers, I believe his name is, is the quarter that they, they like. Uh, he's an undrafted guy. But, um, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of competition there. And right now there's a spot that's open. So it's whoever's taking it right now, MJ Stewart. Well, uh, it was described to me that MJ Stewart was the best corner, uh, was the best defensive back, no matter safety or corner, 
that was out there today. So that's a good look for a rookie. If he continues to do that, I, I, he's going to see himself as the nickel corner come week one. So very big things out of MJ Stewart. Guys, keep your eyes on him. We've got plenty more training camp to go. And if you're going to any of the fan access days, it's going to be pretty cool because I, I think we mentioned it before, but the way they have it set up this year, you can actually walk around the field. So if you wanted to take a look at the defensive backs going through their drills, you can walk over there and see how some of those guys do it as they warm up and get ready for training camp. But if you're out at Fan Access, we will see you there. I have got my ticket for August 7th, and I know you said you're going to be there, what, the first, the second, third, and fourth? Second, third, and fourth. Fourth is Stick Carry Takeover Day. Oh, that'll be fun. I'm thinking about going to that because I know they you have should. some spit. Well, that's the thing is I don't have my tickets, but yeah, but they, I, they, they have extra tickets. Right. Right. Well, I wouldn't want to get all the way out there at 6.37 in the morning just to not be accommodated. But uh, we'll see. I'm definitely going to try and make it out there. we got to see what day that falls on. Because if I've got work or school that day, then it might not be happening. I mean, I know it's, I know it's Saturday, so. Oh, okay. Then dope. That works. Um, all right. So, training camp's coming up. And MJ Stewart is a guy that you need to be excited about throughout the rest of that camp here we go let me get my notes back in front of me here something i wanted to touch on that i had kind of forgotten to do was uh first and second team defense where's noah spence noah spence they've been rotating him in um actually they they had a look the other day and today when they had i believe uh, i think it was vinnie curry on the outside gerald mccoy on the inside, Noah Spence on the outside, and Gerald McCoy's partner on in the inside was Jason Pierre-Paul. So they've been moving a lot of guys around, and I mean they're not going to ask Pierre-Paul to turn to a defensive tackle, but they're but they're going to get creative with them. They are going to get creative. They're going to get creative with a lot of guys because they got. I mean, Vinnie Curry can slide inside. Noah Spence really can't. William Golston probably could. Um, even though they said William Golson looks pretty, it looks quicker this year. He, he dropped some pounds. It looks like, um, but yeah, I mean they got they got a ton of guys who could who could rush inside, rush outside. So I mean that's a look they've been doing. Noah Spence actually blew by Cole Gardner, uh, who's the right tackle, um, blew by him today. I mean just, I mean one move gone and was right at fit today. It would have been a sack. Um, if it was an actual game. So, I mean, he had a better day today, but, I mean, it was kind of concerning for some fans that didn't really see him on there. And, I mean, I picked him to be my breakout player. So, I mean, I, I still think that he's going to have a, a really, really good season, uh, especially since, I mean, the he's other still reason got some they're time to turn is, some heads. And the other reason they're doing this is he's got injured his first two seasons. So they want to limit, you know, how much he actually plays until he can prove he can stay healthy. I mean, if they – if they go three, four games with him rotating in as a pass rusher and he is staying healthy, then they're going to play him a bit more. So I definitely think that Noah Spence isn't forgotten. I mean, he's not definitely not forgotten about, but... Um, they're being careful. He'll show, up. He'll, show up. he'll show up in due time, especially when the pads come on, because the pads come on, I believe, tomorrow. So uh, they're going full pads tomorrow, and that's when the D-line... And all, that's when you can see whether your D-line off at the line um how they're actually doing so we'll see yeah they threw the shells on today but it wasn't full pads i think they had the shells and then just shorts on right yeah yeah tomorrow i believe it's basically full uniform all right so that's something else to get excited about for training camp this coming week now we talked about the offensive side of the ball we talked about everything that jumped out at us on the defensive side of the ball so obviously it's time to talk about the kicking game and some question marks uh -oh. we have there. So in the kicking race, you got question Chandler Catanzaro. I don't know about question marks, but a question that I have because I haven't really seen any of it. But we'll get to that in just one second here. In the kicking race, Chandler Catanzaro, who was brought in just uh, just this last season, went four for four. And then Trevor Moore, who was another undrafted free agent, he finished two for five on his kicks. Not a good look for him. I think that's his worst day yet. It is, yeah. I wanted to ask, 
Um, I guess same thing as I asked about Noah Spence. What's up with Pat Murray? Pat Murray's gone. I mean, they didn't resign him. They only signed him to a one-year contract, basically. So, I mean, the biggest thing with Murray, I mean, Murray is still like my favorite kicker the Bucks have ever had. Um, I, I, I'm, I just, I'm honestly I surprised him. he didn't didn't stick around longer. Like I, I thought, I don't know, I his, thought, his name's still floating around from what I've heard. I thought they they should have. I don't think they should have brought Trevor Moore in. I think they should have rolled with Murray and had Murray and Catanzaro uh, comp- competing. But I mean, I understand why they did it. Um, I mean, Pat Murray—he's good, but he's not special, I guess you could say. And the biggest thing is he didn't have the leg. And if you—if you want me honest, I mean, Pat Murray—he missed that fifty-some yarder against the Falcons that would have tied the game with no time left. He missed the fifty-one yarder versus the Panthers week sixteen on Christmas Eve, which I remember. The, I don't remember the exact situation, but I remember. If he would have made that kick, it would have been unlikely that the Panthers would have been able to win because they're just with the time and stuff, and he ended up missing it and giving the Panthers the ball basically midfield. Um, so, I mean, he needed to get better, and Chandler Catanzaro was good at long kick. I mean, I believe his career long is like 58. Well, he, he had that video that. on Instagram posted just the other day. I think it was like an 80-yarder. He, he tapped yard. it in like it was nothing. <laughs> he yeah, tried I it mean, into you know, it. I, I, take, I, don't, I don't really put much credit into those videos. I mean – I think anybody can kick when you're, you know, it's different when you're in a game or, I mean, even in practice. When you when you have guys trying to block the kick, you, your approach no, is no, a bit I, different. I got you. So, I mean, yeah, but Pat Murray, he's, he's out there. I mean, and God forbid, I mean, I could seriously see the Bucks if, I mean, I hope this doesn't co- go this way, and I don't think it will. I think Catanzaro, I think they found their, their answer. But uh, I think that... Um, Pat Murray, he's just, I don't nobody's going to pick him up, I don't really think. Uh, um, but if, let's say, Moore gets cut, Catanzaro struggles, yeah, I think they could end up bringing back Patrick Murray. I, I really do. I don't think that's going to be the case. But, but you wouldn't I, say it's something that's out of the question. I wouldn't, if, if Catanzaro struggles, I wouldn't say it's out of the question. Okay. Do I think they would do it? And, and maybe I don't know if they want to go down that path again. But I mean, I think they might want to explore a different kicker this time. But I mean, if if it does happen, he'll definitely be considered just because his familiarity with Jason Light, Dirk Cutter, those guys. Um, he's he's a good teammate, hardworking guy, tough guy. Uh, you know, just a guy you really like to really like to root for. You know, so I think he's a good kicker, but. Just unfortunate, you know, injuries really, really hurt his career early on. But yeah, yeah I mean, Trevor, Trevor Moore had a really good spring, had, had a good OTAs, a mini camp, and you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, you know, they know that the Bucks are playing, paying Chandler Catanzaro the big bucks, but Trevor Moore's been the better kicker, and now that's not really a knock on Catanzaro. That's just almost a, a a compliment to Moore because he kicked the ball so well during the spring. I mean, to come out here and really the, the first day that's been, I mean, they probably kicked in the past two, three days, but the first day was like, like the public could see and the media could see, not a good start. Not a good start at all. I mean, he's got to get better. I think he knows it. And for Chandler Catanzaro, what a way to start better, you know, four for four. Yeah. You know, I mean, Moore is going to get an opportunity to kick in the preseason. Um, not as much as Catanzaro, but he's, he's going to get the opportunity. So um, we will see. It's just a waiting game. But, yeah, I'd say Catanzaro is going to win the job. Um, I mean, even the only way Catanzaro doesn't win the job is if he really struggles and Moore just catches fire. So that, if he that's goes the only... 0 for 5 tomorrow? Well, I mean, not, not, not even in practice. I, if he's struggling in games, I think if, if he's struggling in games, then I think that's when, that's when you cut a guy. Well, if it's in practice, I'm I'm okay with that. But um, yeah, if you start struggling in games like Roberto Aguayo, uh, you know, first preseason game, Chandler Catanzaro goes out there and misses an extra point, uh, that's going to be worrisome. Yeah, you know, he's got he's got to make. I mean, it's okay to miss a kick. You're not going to make them all. You're you're, you're not. You're not going to make every extra point. You're not going to make every every field goal. But what he has to do is the first three or four extra points he 
he attempts, he's got to hit him. And the first three to four field goal attempts he, he hit, he attempts, he's got to hit him. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just to get the confidence up to where, let's say he does miss an extra point, he said, okay, he's going to get that one back. Or he does miss a field goal, okay, he'll get that one back. And not, not a Roberto Aguayo thing was, okay, well, is this going to be, do I need to hold my breath every time this guy kicks down now this game just because he missed one <laughs> kick? So, I mean, just like Let's the Rams hope not, game. man, because it seems like that's been the case for the past three seasons. Yeah, but it, it wasn't the case with Murray, though, and that's that's the thing. That Murray, Falcons that Falcons missed kick, though, that one ripped my heart out, let me tell you. I was at a I buddy mean, of mine's not, house, yeah. and that was his first Bucks game. He really sat down and watched, and he was getting into it. And he's not even a sports fan. He was getting into it. And I remember, I, I remember Murray missed that kick. And I stood up, I put my hands on my mist, and I said, holy shit, he missed it. And my buddy's like, well, what does that mean? I said, the game's over, we lost. I said, that's it. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it hurt, man. I, I, you know, you should have made like, up, up some lie. Oh, well, well since that, then they're going to go into a sudden death and this yeah. and that. <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen is this is the part of the game where the players take their helmets off and then they just beat each other to death and, and the last team standing. And, yeah, and, is... then, and then the coaches the coaches come <laughs> onto the field and fight each other. That, that's why that's why they, they, they're going to shake hands right now because that's what they're about to do. Hey man, I'm pretty excited to see uh to see the post game. Week one we're gonna get it too, but Dirk Cutter and Sean Payton, I'm excited to see that face Uh-oh. off again. Uh-oh, especially if the Bucks win. That'll be interesting. Oh, that'll, that'll be a be, good one. Be Two straight losses up, up, to the Yucks. And the Bucks end up beating the Saints in their house to start of the year. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hey, hang on. Like you said With at the, the beginning of the show. Quarterback? Like you said at the beginning of the show, let's not jump on the hype train yet. Let's not get anybody no, built no. up to be disappointed here because we are talking I mean, about yeah, the Bucks. But if, ladies if any of you saw the season predictions, we, we, we don't have them winning that game, so... But ladies and gentlemen, it's the perfect time of year. Let's get excited about football. And that just a bear, uh, that, uh, that right there, <laughs> that right there is just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. It is episode 29. We're getting closer to episode 30, but we're getting up there. And I just wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who has supported the show over the offseason. I know that's a very tough time to care about football but even last year, we have officially hit 2,000 official downloads on iTunes, and that that is awesome, guys. So over 30 episodes, 2,000 downloads. Thank you guys so much. But ladies and gentlemen, training camp just getting started. That is everything for the first week. We will keep you updated on the second week sometime next week and anything else going into the season. But it's time to get excited. Evan, before we shut things down, you got anything else you want to say? Not much. I mean, yeah, if you guys are going to be there, stick carry takeover day, I'm going to be there. Uh, I'll, I'll be taking a lot of video and stuff of myself uh, as, as well as the practice. So, I mean, you're going to know where I'm at. Uh, you know, and, and maybe maybe I'll run into Rhett. Who knows, you know? Uh, we'll, we'll see we'll if see. I get so lucky. Uh, but um, we, we will see. And, uh, yeah, like I mean, don't be shy, guys. If you end up seeing me there, say hi. I'm, you know, I'm not, not a mean guy. Um, so he yeah, can be. Don't hi, let him lie to you. Oh boy. Well, that that that's only if you get on my nerves. So don't get on my nerves, okay, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just joking. I I hope he's joking too. But, um, anyways, you know, yeah, just walk up to me. I don't. I mean, I'm I don't care. You know, it doesn't really matter to me. So, yeah. But like I said, I'm gonna be there. I'm flying in early Wednesday morning. I'm gonna be attending practice Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So, and then, of course, you heard Rhett's going to be there August 7th. I mean, if you see him, I mean, I know you, I don't think you guys have seen many pictures of him, but, I mean, if you see him there, say hi. You know, tell him you're a fan of the show. You know, I mean, he, he might be a little grouchy to you, but no. he, might tell, he might tell you to get away, but I, I don't know. <laughs> if, so, we, if we make it to training camp, we will make sure you guys are updated on where everything's going on, where we're going to be at, and if you're looking to get together and, and get in touch, then – that's all we can really hope for. So big things going into training camp. But that's just about going to do it for this episode. Remember to follow the show on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast. I believe we're on Twitter too at Cannon Fire Pod. Not podcast, but just pod. So follow the show yep. on Instagram and Twitter. 
Check out our sponsors at Cool Towel. You can check them out at cooltowel.com. Going to training camp, you're going to want to load up on these things, guys. It is going to be hot. It is going to be I'm going to need to drop one off in my hotel before I go. I'm actually going to make sure I get you some because I've still got like $100 worth of cool towels just sitting in my room. So I need to give you a couple of packs before you head back up to uh, to Pennsylvania. But exciting things going on, guys. Check out our sponsors at Cool Towel and check out our partners at PewterReport.com. You can catch them on Instagram as well at PewterReport and on other social media outlets. But thank you for checking us out on this live stream. Thank you for listening on iTunes if you are. And if you have supported the show, you guys rock. That's just about going to do it. Signing off for Evan, I am Rhett. Remember, the Eagles suck and the Bucks do not. Let's get excited about football, ladies and gentlemen. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.